welcome to episode number 32 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast, where our goal is to strengthen, unite, and restore your marriage. And together with my husband, David, we are the co-founders of MendOurMarriage.com. And our goal is to break the back of divorce by bringing married couples together to be accountable, keep the passion alive, and expose the hidden issues that try to rip marriages apart. And we are back in the booth today with another listener's question. Again, with me, Amanda Taylor, and my co-host, my husband, (laughs) my boo, David Taylor. Hey guys, welcome back to the Master of Marriage podcast. Hey, everybody. We took a short hiatus. Uh, we took a vacation from the podcast um, to kind of regroup, recoup, and uh, we're back. And the goal is to break the back of divorce. Snap, crackle, pop. And so that's what we're here for. Yeah. And matter of fact, this podcast is brought to you on behalf of com. And our goal there, like I said before, is to break the back of divorce. So that's what we're doing this podcast for. Today we have a listener submitted question. Uh, we're going to play that first and then we're going to jump right into the content. But before we do, I just kind of want to give you guys an update on what's going on, especially as we get closer to 2015. Number one, uh, Men Does 90 is going down. I mean, like we're really enjoying uh, the couples that we're working with, and we're yes. loving the progress that we see. So um, we say this for you guys to, to, so that you know that we are opening up a new cohort of Mendes 90 pretty soon. Um, it's going to look really different than what we have now. It's going to be even 10 times better than what we're providing. I mean, because we're learning as we go. And we are loving the fact that our couples are really enjoying it. They're growing. And their marriages are really, truly being mended. I mean, like, this is a miracle. You it's know, like, beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful to see. And so we really appreciate all of our members for Mendes 90. We love you guys. Um, I can't yes. wait to talk with y'all tomorrow because it's going down again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we thank you. We thank you. And so just be on the lookout, everybody else. Um, those who are really serious about mending their marriage because Mendes 90 is coming back, a new cohort, and it's going down. It's really going down. And we're going to actually accept more members this time. Um, and it's gonna, we're going to have a lot more details. But anyway, the second thing is this. Mandy's book is literally like on the doorstep. I mean, like, it's, yes. it's literally almost here. All we're doing now is um, finalizing the cover design, and, and then it's a wrap. Then it's going to be yours. Uh, and so, yeah. We thank you guys for your patience, and we can't wait to we share. We thank that. you for all your input for yes, the title. Yes, yes, we got I'm the sure title. You will be pleased. <laughs> we got the title, and it's going down. But anyway, uh, again, I just want to say thank you. But here is the listener submitted question. We're going to play that, and then we're going to jump right into the content. We'll be back in a flash. I've been with my husband for two and a half years. Um. The issue that I have with him is his infidelity. Um, Prior to us getting married, he has cheated on me several times. I have kind of like swept it under the rug, but I don't trust him. My issue is that I really don't have any trust for him. And um, it's coming to a heads on um, as far as trust. Um... And I don't know what to do. Okay, so 
We're back, and you guys were able to listen to the question. The long and short of it is that uh, her husband cheated on her several times prior to marriage. And now that they've been married for two years, she's struggling to trust him. She's struggling to have trust in him um, and to give him trust. And we don't have information regarding whether or not he's still doing what he did before. I'm assuming he's not. Uh, But she's still dealing with the trust, I guess, from the past issue. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, conundrum of trust in a relationship. And then I'm going to hand it off to Mandy to drop some nuggets on how she was able to do that when when we were going through our issues. Uh, So first, let me say this. The issue of trust is more common than not in most marriages, right? Most people will at some point in the marriage struggle or at least have a difficult time at one point dealing with trust. Uh, Trust is often misconstrued. So I will take some time in a minute to really break it down for you so you can kind of understand the concept of what uh, trust really is. Um, First, let me say this. Trust is always a two-way street, okay? In order for trust to exist, it has to be a giver and there has to be a receiver. So there has to be a giver of trust and a receiver of trust. And so let me focus on both of those real fast and then then we're going to move forward. So just remember, in order for trust to exist, there has to be a giver of trust and a receiver of trust. I can't trust something that doesn't exist. I have to put trust in something that is able to receive my trust. But I'm going to talk about that here now. So... Let's start with the giver of trust. So for the giver of trust, it has to have or the person has to have the capacity of giving trust, meaning it has to be able to make the rational choice to give trust or not to give choice. Trust. <laughs> if, if you can't make the choice to give trust or not give trust, then you're not capable of giving trust. So for the sake of the conversation, a tree like, you know, a tree with leaves on it can't trust but a human can. Trees can't make decisions. Humans can, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can make the logical and rational choice to trust. This is an important thing to remember because the fact that the only way for trust to be given is through a choice is important. It cannot be given without a choice. Okay? So just remember, a giver of trust has to be able to make the choice to give trust. It's very similar to giving love. Okay? Then let's move to the receiver of trust. Okay, this is like the thing or person that's receiving the trust that's given. So and this one is very similar. It has to be able to receive the trust and then deliver on what it was trusted for. Okay, so hopefully this is not too wordy, but just kind of following. So in a sense, the receiver of trust has to be able to receive trust and then protect it. Right. So, again, a tree can't necessarily be trustworthy because it can't choose what to do with the trust that, say, a boy that's climbing it has trusted it with, right? So if, I, if I'm climbing a tree and I trust that the tree won't fall and the tree falls, I can't say that the, tr- the tree abandoned my trust because the tree doesn't and can't make a decision on what to do with the trust that I gave it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that makes sense, okay? But I can be trustworthy. You can be trustworthy, right? I can right. make a logical and rational choice to protect the trust that my wife gives me, or I can choose to abuse her trust. Mm -hmm. And so the giver of trust and the receiver of trust both exist independently of each other, but both will grow 
synergistically. What that means is that I don't require my wife to be trustworthy in order for me to trust her. But the strength of my trust grows when she is trustworthy. Right. So That makes sense. So for you, your ability and choice to trust is independent of his ability to be trustworthy. But your the, the level or strength of your trust grows if he's more trustworthy. And so, so when we talk about, you know, you don't have any trust in him and you don't know what to do, just remember, you still have the independent choice to give trust, regardless mm-hmm. of what he does. I'm regardless sure of what he does. I'm sure that's hard for some Very to difficult. Hear. Very difficult. <laughs> but it, it has to be said. It's just like love. Mm-hmm. You're, same you, concept. Same concept. You have the choice, the rational and logical choice to give, regardless of what the other person, what the receiver does with it. But your trust will grow exponentially if the receiver does something good with the trust that you gave, right? And so if you're struggling to trust, you have to first make sure that you aren't the reason that you don't trust them. Okay, I'm going to say that again. If you're struggling to trust them, you have to make sure that you aren't the reason that you can't trust them. And this has to be done first. Okay, before we look at him, we got to look at you. So it's like saying that you don't trust the roller coaster. You like you don't trust they're safe because you have a fear of heights. Mm. I don't. I hope you saw what I just did. You don't trust roller coasters are safe because you have a fear of heights. Mm-hmm. But what you're really doing is you're pushing your fear of heights down and just saying you don't trust that roller coasters are safe. But really, it's the fear of heights that you have. So if you're giving only fifty percent of your trust then you're not really truly giving trust, okay? It's just like love. I can't love 50%. Agape love means that I have to give 100%. And trust, like love, requires a 100% commitment. That's probably the most difficult pill to swallow, is if you say you love someone, it's the equivalent of saying, I am willing to give 100% of all to that person. And it's the same with trust. And so this is difficult because... You know, this person may not be trustworthy. But first, you have to make sure that if you are dealing with some personal issues, you get those out the way. Because you may be the reason why you can't give trust. Mm -hmm. So, first, here's some things that you can do to make sure that it's not you. Make sure that you aren't dealing with the following. If you're having insecurities, then you have to get those out the way. Because those insecurities may affect, will affect your ability to give trust. Okay, if there is baggage from your past relationships, you have to deal with that baggage. Okay, Mm -hmm. and we can talk about that in another episode, but I'm just giving you some quick tips. You have to be able to deal with that baggage because you can't hold him hostage for your baggage. Okay, if you're dealing with baggage from negative childhood experiences, that's going to affect your ability to give trust. And so if that's there, if that's if it's present, then you have to work to get that out the way. Get rid of that baggage. Right. Also. If you're dealing with faulty beliefs about yourself or about your relationship, you have to get rid of those faulty beliefs because those faulty beliefs will distort your ability and perception to see trust in its truest fashion. So, David, if I could ask you real quick, just for our audience, can you give um, the difference between insecurities and faulty beliefs? Well, insecurity is really, at at its base, it's driven by faulty beliefs Mm -hmm. or, I guess, a, a skewed perception of a reality. Mm-hmm. So let's say that 
I have an insecurity that my body shape is not what is attracted to you. Mm-hmm. But you've never confirmed that. I just, I'm walking around dealing with that, that perception of myself. Mm-hmm. And I believe because of how I see myself, that that's how you see myself. You see me. So a faulty belief would be that I'm not attracted to you, but the insecurity is that I'm not happy with my body. Exactly. There's a difference. But Mm -hmm. it's still, at the end of the day, an insecurity stems from a distorted belief or perception Perception. of a reality. Right. And so it still comes from a faulty belief at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I try to split them apart because, like you said, a faulty belief can be a thought pattern that I'm having about someone else Mm -hmm. where a insecurity could be a thought pattern that I'm having about myself. Right, you know right. What I mean? um, but in any in any case, they both tend to affect your ability to give trust the right way. And so, if those things are there, you got to get them out the way. Okay, that's good. Okay, so so then you have to focus on the person who's receiving your trust, namely your husband. Okay, so once you've gotten your personal issues out the way, the next step is to focus on him. How is he choosing to preserve and protect your trust? What is he doing currently that will cause you to feel that he's not trustworthy? Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, is he still, you know, cheating? Is he still having inappropriate relationships? What is it that he's doing that's causing you to still not trust him? And you have to be very specific. You can't assume, you can't come up with, you know, grandiose thoughts about what's really going on. You have to be very specific and and, and factor it down to what exactly is going on. Because if you if you overgeneralize then you will miss the key components of what's really going on. So you have to know what's the core. What's the core? What is he doing? You know, the difficult part is that you can't make him trustworthy, though. Like, you can't make him trustworthy. He has to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's a giver of trust and then there's a receiver. He's the receiver. He has to make the choice to deal with your trust and protect it. Right. You can, however, motivate him to become more trustworthy through how you position yourself in the marriage. And this is what Mandy did for me when I was untrustworthy or I guess when I was not trustworthy, you know, and Mandy and I went through something similar, um, except for it happened when we were married. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had an emotional relationship with someone outside of the marriage. Um, and despite my decision to abuse her trust, she maintained her ability to trust me. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is maybe it's a gift that Mandy have, but, you know, uh, I want her to share some details. So, Mandy, if you can share a few of the techniques that you use that protected your ability to give me trust, despite my inability to protect your trust that you gave me, mm-hmm. you you did some things that protected your ability to give me trust. Mm-hmm. You still trusted me right. at the risk of me breaking your heart. Right. So talk a little bit about that, baby. Okay. Preach, preach to us. Uh, so I'll just talk about a few things um, on this episode. Um, but then my book will be coming out here Ooh. within the next week. Ooh. So you'll be able to get more details yes. and more um, <laughs> more applicable activities to help you walk in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing that needed to happen was on David's part, he had to, you know, at least make the commitment to be here. You know, so it it definitely does take two in that Mm -hmm. you at least need one percent from your spouse for Mm -hmm. them to be present. Yeah. And that relationship or those past relationships have to be cut off in order for the healing process and the growing process to begin. So that is something that David did give me in in that regard. That's all he could give me that he was present. Mm. He was in the home, but that's all he could offer me. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, just like love, trust is going to come as a product of you growing in love. 
And one of the attributes of love is believing the best of someone. Say that one more time about trust and how it grows is a product of you growing in love. Say that again. Um, trust is going to be a product of me growing in love. Mm. And one of the attributes of love says that we are to believe the best of someone. What if they are not giving you their best? Well, it doesn't give that contingency in the definition of love. Because agape love is unconditional. Ooh. And so it means to give. Give without condition. That's difficult, right? Because yes, most of us be don't difficult. know how to love without cautions. Exactly. And that, I think Ooh. that's why we definitely have to model, of course, after the Lord. Because he loves us and has always loved us without condition. And so I think that that was the first step for me. I had to reestablish my relationship with the Lord and study love and go before go before him and really start to um, grow in my understanding for his love for me. And it wasn't just knowing the scriptures, right? It was it was relationship. It was taking time and, and applying those scriptures. Yes. And applying those things and meditating on them. Ooh, yeah. And, you know putting them on a voice recorder, you know, and listening to them over and over again and yeah. filling myself up with them because whatever you fill yourself up with, that's what's going to come out. Mm. And so I made sure that I guarded my heart and my mind, my eyes and my ears during that time because I was focused and I wanted my marriage to be saved. And so again, just like love, trust had to be a part of that. And I had to believe the best of him and that when he said he was done with that emotional relationship, he was actually done. Now, did you go around and sneak around and, and spy on me or, you know, like sneak and look at my phone? When of I course, wanted? I was tempted at times, yeah. you know, but no, I did not do that because that's not truly trusting. Ooh. It's not truly trusting. Oh, this is good. You know, so, I mean, if I am going to have faith in the process, have faith, you know, and believe the best of him, but then also trust God and believe that he was going to be orchestrating, you know, the restoration of my marriage. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go and, and, you know, operate in behaviors that show that I did not trust but, the process. But what if people say that's being foolish? You have to make sure that you aren't setting yourself up for failure. Well, the word does tell us that God uses the foolish things that are foolish to the oh. world. To, I'm sorry, the foolish things that are foolish to the world to confound the wise. So what you're really saying is you you are sold out to this whole love and trust thing. Yes. And you, you are so sold out that you're willing to come up short or have your heart broken in the end. Yes, because it's about being vulnerable. Wow. It's not about me. It's about giving. Wow. And I feel like if you're sold out to, to the Lord, then you have to be sold out to love because God is love. You know what? I, I would love to stay on this topic because, I mean, but I know I remember that this is only one, supposed to be one of those 15-minute shows. I think we really have to do a show on becoming vulnerable. Definitely. I, like, literally I would becoming love. love. I, I would love to do that. And, and and I think it's only fitting that we do it since your book is going to be coming out and it's about becoming love, mm -hmm. that you give them maybe a sneak peek into, like, what the book is all about. Definitely. You think you can maybe do the next episode we can do it on becoming love? Yes, we could do that. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, I think so that would be great. Okay, so bet, bet, bet. This is what we'll do. We're gonna end it here. We gave you some answers, right? We talked about the difference of trust, where it's two. It's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. It's a giver and it's a receiver. Mm -hmm. It's in both are independent, which means that I have to make a choice to give, and you have to make a choice to receive and mm -hmm. do something with it. Mm -hmm. I can't make you do nothing with your trust. You have to make that choice. Right. I can't make you make that choice. Right. But it's strengthened when you take my trust and you protect my trust. 
And so, the, but the goal is to make sure that you're not disqualifying your, yourself from not being able to trust. Right. Right. So if there's insecurities, if there's past baggage from relationships, if there's past baggage from childhood experiences or negative faulty beliefs that you're having, those things disqualify you from being able to trust. Mm-hmm. Also, we talked about not being able to trust. If you're trusting at 50%, you're not really trusting. Mm-hmm. And so, so listen to the show again if you really need to kind of, because you may have to go back and take some notes with this one. But mm-hmm. I can't wait to the next one because this one we're going to talk about becoming love. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody's going to want to hear that one. So right. we're in here, mm-hmm. even though I want to keep going because we're about 20 minutes in. <laughs> um, and I'll just say, um, I'm going to email you, listener, I'm going to email you this response directly. Um, share it with whoever you need to share it with. Um, and thank you. Thank you. Hey, and everybody else, remember, you can always leave us a voicemail. Okay, just go to the website, mendarmarriage.com. On the right-hand side side of the website, there's a thing that says leave a voicemail. Click that, leave a 90-second voicemail, and we will get it and play it. We sure will. Yeah, and then um, please, please still leave us some ratings and reviews in iTunes. We need you because we're trying to get back up in the rankings. So leave an honest rating and review, and we will love you for life. <laughs> okay, but we done. All right. All right, y'all. Deuces. Deuces.